Uninvisible is a support podcast that provides information, ideas, suggestions, and experiences that deal squarely with medical issues that present unique advocacy issues for individuals. We do not provide medical advice of any kind. We do provide support, concepts, ideas, discussions, and information you can use to make sure that you are being heard and that your concerns are being addressed. Please consult with your physician for any medical issue that you are facing, but we will be here for you along your journey. We welcome all comments about our episodes and, of course, the correction of any errors. Information and comments that you send to us are governed by our Terms of Service and Privacy Policy, which are available on our website, located at www.uninvisiblepod.com. The opinions expressed by guests are their own and are not necessarily the opinion of Uninvisible or the show sponsors. Most of all, we welcome your stories and experiences to share with our community, because without you, this community and the benefit it offers all of us would not exist. Any advertising that you may hear is accepted without regard to our editorial content. Of course, in the event that you are having a medical emergency of any kind, consult your physician or emergency services. Welcome to Uninvisible. I'm your host, Lauren Friedman, and I'm here with my guests to bring you info, insights, and inspiration for coping with, diagnosing, and treating invisible illness. We're here oversharing, so you don't have to struggle with invisibility anymore. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. I'm here with Karen Felice, who is a Reiki master teacher and a practitioner based in Los Angeles. Karen, thanks for joining us. Oh, I'm so delighted to be here. Thank so you. So wonderful to okay. have you. So um, we're going to start with real basics today. Yes. Can you tell us what is Reiki and just give us some background on the practice and its origins? All right. So Reiki is a hands-on modality mm-hmm. that its origins in in recent times trace back to Dr. Asui, and he is my teacher's lineage. So I trace my my teachings back to Dr. Isui, who lived in Japan in the late 1800s, and he passed away in 1926. So it's very, very recent. And he was a doctor, but he wanted to know the form of healing that Buddha and Christ did that incorporates the soul. Mm. And at that time, he was studying with Buddhist monks near Kyoto, and they took care of the soul and the mind, but they left the body for the doctors. Right. But Dr. Sui wanted it all integrated. So they sort of the first integrative health practitioner really. (laughs) Right. Way ahead of his time. (laughs) That's that's great. So he learned other languages. He learned Chinese and he learned Sanskrit and he learned Tibetan, looking for these missing texts of the missing document the missing documented years of Christ or so finally, he found something that mentioned the Reiki is a higher consciousness of healing that comes through the Brotherhood of Light. Mm-hmm. So I see this as, um, when I'm practicing Reiki, I see it only as golden white light that comes through me. And I can get into that a little bit later, but uh, it can only be done for the highest good and the harm of none. So there's nothing transferred. It's it's only for um well being and balance. Mm. Yes, so that's the origins in the late um 
1800s. Right, for the particular lineage that you were trained Correct. in. Correct. And how long have you been working as a Reiki master teacher? Well, I became a Reiki master teacher in 1998. Wow. It was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> so you're an expert, needless to say. Well, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I am a master, and, and that comes with almost like an artisan. The difference between an artisan and an artisan is is the hours and the, and the practice mm-hmm. put into the refinement of, of doing the practice. So, yeah. um, I learn every day still, still doing it. Um, but it took me a good 14 years of knowing this, this technique and, and stepping out of my mind mm-hmm. and saying, I can make a living. I can make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started my own practice as a business in 2011. Wow. Some people, and I teach, and and I'd say in the last three years, I've trained over 200 students. Wow. And each has their own own uniqueness. Yes. I mean, I have a student that that works with horses, and then another student that works with children. So it's really beautiful. And some people just jump right into teaching, and some Mm. people only want to go to uh, a basic level. And it's it really complements any lifestyle, any religious thinking, any um, also healing path that people are on. This does not interfere with Western medicine, which is an important yeah. aspect for your listeners to to understand, to relax into. Yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, my understanding of Reiki before I came to it as a a, a client, as a patient was that it was like an energy healing. So it's right. really about shifting energies for people, isn't it? And being able to to find healing within that shift. That well, right? I feel we're all energy, all of us. And it's measurable. Uh, our heat index is 98.7 degrees. I mean, there are measurable um, ways in science that indicate that there's frequencies. Mm. So Reiki... In Japanese, rei means universal, and ki is the chi, or the prana that we all have. So this is a collectively balanced approach to the energy. Now, I, I have Japanese friends who tell me that reiki means healer. Mm. So when they want to go to a healer, they go to someone who practices reiki. Yeah, that's lovely. Mm-hmm. And um, how how does it look when, when someone first comes to you? Um, where do you begin as a practitioner for someone who's never experienced Reiki before? What would a first session look like? Right. Well, it's really lovely because I know people who come here mm. are curious, but they're also ready. There's something in them that's encouraged them to show up. Mm. And this work is, it's not even work. It's really joy. Mm. It's deep, but it's gentle. So it's created a safe, um, a container here for people to look at emotional stress or mental stress and physical discomfort. And all of that energy plays into our wellness or taxes our immune system. So when people come here, I do encourage them to have an intention of what they want to let go of and also what they want to replace that with and, and receive. Mm, that's really beautiful. Now, how often do you recommend first-time Reiki clients see their Master for Healing treatment, and how long do you expect treatments to to go on with people? Is it different for every client? Yes, it is different. It is very organic. Mm. Uh, You and I could do Reiki every day. I know. (laughs) And it would be very um, 
special. It would be unique to that moment, Mm. to that segment where we're experiencing. So, uh, and, and I've seen some clients now for seven or more years and some I see once. Right. Uh, to me, I treat each time as that's all I have. And, and because really in reality, we don't know what 30 minutes from now will be. So it's, it's very, very present. Um, sometimes I do have people who want to come one time mm. and they get a lot and maybe they don't. Right. That, that's, there's enough to go around. And if I'm not the right fit or vice versa, it, it's beautiful. Um, but I really love my clients. I stay in touch. I stay in touch with my students as I'm still in touch with my master teacher. There's a, there's a continuation of, um, connection. So it depends. I've had clients that come with specific requests that they're, they're working through deep stuff and want to be here twice a week for five months. So, so it's up to the client to really, um, share with their schedule. I have a client who does have, um, Epstein bar mm. and this client comes once a week wow. for now over, over four years. Wow. And it's the one time a week to decompress and yeah. reconnect to wholeness. I love that. <laughs> Um, now, do you often work, I mean, you mentioned that you have a client who has Epstein-Barr. Do you often work with survivors of invisible illness? Do you find that to be quite common? or um, And how is your experience with people who might be living with invisible illness different from your quote-unquote healthy person, someone who presents as healthy? I mean, I know that you also have worked with oncology patients and um, in hospice as well, right? Correct. Correct. Mm. So it's a whole range. Yeah. It is. Um Discomfort is discomfort. However, you, um, whether it's visibly seen to other people or whether it's only internal, it's, it's a discomfort. Mm. And my approach is to honor the soul and honor the soul's journey. Yeah. Without, it's not my duty to clean karma. I don't absorb other people's illnesses mm. to transform it. I'm encouraging, uh, the remembrance that we are creative and co-creators of our lives. So I know I went a little deep there. Sorry about that. That's great. But, but, <laughs> Never but, apologize. Uh, <laughs> um, so that being said, in recognition of the soul, and I feel personally, and we can talk about chakras in a little bit, but mm-hmm. that the soul is in the heart chakra. And that's where I see people's authentic self and their intuition. So in a session, I love everything in alignment to the soul and to the heart chakra. So when someone is in complete distress and I, like you said, I have been in hospice Mm. and and they're on life support. I take the time to say soul to soul. I recognize you. I hold unconditional love for you. Mm. Whatever your soul needs, I honor it. Uh, It's not like, Hey, get better because your family's crying. Right. Um, Or, Hey, you're cuckoo. You're imagining you're a hypochondriac. That is not the approach. I approach from wholeness from within and see it throughout. Mm. And is it, it's like a special training as well to, to become like certified as a Reiki master in those situations as well, like in hospice and in those, uh, in oncology wards and stuff. 
I know that the hospitals have certain certifications that they need, which of course includes liability insurance. Right. And um, because with Reiki, it, there's not a state governing board mm. as massage therapy is or, or something like that. So uh, in, in hospitals, because I have reached out to Cedars and, and they have their own, their chaplain mm. department, their, their spiritual um, studies or yeah. <laughs> that area. They do have a Reiki master teacher, and I couldn't find out that person's lineage. But I was they, I was curious, but they do offer it. So that's amazing, which was which and this is, is one very of the helpful. leading hospitals in the country too to yes. be offering yes a Reiki master teacher on staff. Yes, so that's really yes, it's amazing. wonderful, and I think um, Children's Hospital and City of Hope as mm-hmm. well that they are open to it. Um, as far as the oncology certification, I did a separate course with another master teacher. And that was beautiful because she comes from a different lineage and there are different lineages of Reiki. I mean, I've heard a lot. So I honor that that's their path. But for me, it is the Yasui tradition. Um, and she, what I got from it is she taught us how to not interfere with Western medicine mm. and really hold a vibration that in certain areas of the body, especially the brain, mm. that the brain stays and remains healthy. Every cell being born is healthy, perfect red cells, perfect white cells. So there was um, guided meditations that really helped mm. that I hold space for. Mm. Uh, and I and I had a, a client who still, thank goodness, with us. Wonderful. <laughs> and and. This client would see me every month after chemo for a year. Wow. And, and practice that person knew, knows Reiki as well and, and practice morning and night on the self. And Reiki is one of the only modalities you can self heal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's beautiful. So that was really powerful too, because we came up with some positive affirmations that could be reviewed while receiving. Right. While, while at the hospital and receiving the chemo to read through this list of I'm creating perfect red cells, I'm creating perfect white cells. So it sounds like it's really addressing that mind-body connection. It is a mind. So and it is soul. the mind mm. and and hugely removing judgment. Mm. Like, how did I get here? Or am I being punished? Is this, what is this? Mm. And no one can figure it out. And what is my distress? Instead of centering in the heart saying, wow, I'm whole. With that little bit of a breath, people can create a whole new um, response. Yeah. It's amazing that that kind of shift, what that can do, isn't it? Right. And you mentioned chakras earlier. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Okay, sure. Yeah. So I think people have seen a picture of a person meditating and they have the seven colored chakras going through from, from the crown of the, the top of the head, like where the soft spot is as a baby, mm-hmm. all the way through to the perineum area. So those seven major centers, now chakra is Sanskrit for wheel mm-hmm. and the energy centers, um, correlate to physiological places in the body, but they also have emotional triggers and mental stimulus. And it's interesting because from these seven chakras, Mm. all the sub chakras or the meridians in Chinese medicine come to meet at the same, at those same points. So it's the same. It's used in like acupuncture, for example. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes, very, very much. So even though they call them meridians, in, in there's some schools, they call them sub-chakras mm. of, of the lines that, that attach to these, these places. And it's, it's fair. It, they, they have colors associated because mm. again, it's a frequency. Um, and it's really cool to me because I can even look at people and by whatever color they're wearing, I know they're, they deeply, innately are allowing healing for that area within their body. Isn't that interesting? Yes. Yeah, it's funny because I've found that sometimes I'm wearing all one color on a certain day and go, oh, look, I'm in all blue or... Nice. And that's your throat chakra, isn't yes, it? Yes. Yeah. That is the throat chakra. And what's really cool, I mean, we've all experienced it. We put on a color one day and like, oh, yes. And oh. then that, that same shirt, we'll put it on another day and like, ooh, I don't want to wear it. Yeah. But it, it's because it's a vibrational resonance mm. of... Of love and support. I really love for those that. areas. Yeah, that's, that's a lovely way to think about it. And I know that like there are things like color therapy and yes, you know, so yes, all of there these is. there are so many modalities that sort of are offshoots of all of the it's connections. It's so to fascinating because I look at this, especially with politicians mm. and the color ties that they're wearing. Now people think red is yeah. as a power tie. It's yeah, a power you color, think right? That, don't you? Yeah. But in terms of chakra, it's root chakra and it's basic survival, mm. like roof over the head, food on the table. So they're trying to survive. Wow. Whereas someone who's wearing blue would be really wanting to speak their truth, the throat chakra. Yeah. Someone who's wearing green is really speaking from the heart. Mm. And someone wearing purple is, is third eye. Purple is, and from a higher vision. Mm-hmm. So I, I see this and I, I don't know how, how many other healers see that. And I think it'd be really cool and to help stylists with, yeah. with, with that. Yeah. Because not only does it have to look good on camera and stuff, but it, there's, there's also an energetic. Well, and there must be intention with it. Yes. Not only an energetic intention, but like even what, what people are perceiving, um, whether or not they're aware of what the chakras represent, yes. like what okay. those colors are sort of making people feel. I mean, I know that there's certainly got to be research out there that sort of suggests that certain colors make people feel a certain way. Yes. Yeah. Polling data. <laughs> so it's really interesting though, with the chakras I want to share with you is that mm-hmm. I was trained that there are three chakras that work together. Mm-hmm. Um, first being the third eye and that's where the Indians were the Bindi. Mm-hmm. So this is, the mind, it's not, I mean, excuse me, it's not the mind. This is the, the third eye chakra is a higher vision. It's mm. the big picture. And then people that have, um, discomfort there, like sinus headache or headaches, uh, are, are, they can see the big picture. Either they don't know what to do with it or they don't know how to communicate it. So it's kind of stuck there. Um, and then the third eye works with the throat chakra, which is the neck, shoulders, jaw, ears. This is how you put into words, your visions. And it's also your silences. It's your pauses. So it's a balance of communication. It's also, do you feel heard? Are you hearing yourself? All these things. And people have lots of tension in their shoulders. So I always know they has to do with communication. Um, and then the third chakra that works with the other two is the solar plexus, which is right above the belly button. And that's associated with the color yellow. And the way I was trained is that has it to do with anything to do with the verb to do. Hmm. So when you don't like what you're doing, 
or you don't know what to do, boom, yeah. the, the tummy discomfort. It's, it, it's really that simple. This is how I see a landscape of a body. I'm not mm. totally, I will, into anatomy. I, I like to feel right where, um, it's more kinesthetic. It's you. kinesthetic and I feel like where energy is flowing and, and not flowing. And when it's not flowing, to me, that means that area of the body is repairing itself. Mm. It doesn't mean there's blocks. And I have a lot of people who come to me, I have blocked chakras. And I know that's a term that's thrown out a lot, a lot. I don't see that. Mm. And the more I've been shown in, in, in sessions and, and I do have a pretty busy practice, so I'm mm. doing Reiki every day, but, uh, that's what it means is, is those areas of the body are trying to heal. Yeah. That's a really lovely way of looking at it and a productive way of looking it at is. it. It is. In a really non-judgmental way as well, which is so much Because about people what do. choose fear when they hear things mm. of a diagnosis. Now, legally, I can't prescribe and right. I don't. If, if someone wants to pursue, um, MRIs and allopathic means, I encourage you rule it out. Mm. Um, but, I actually get really intuitive in session and I, and I share a lot of the messages that I, I feel in a session. And, and sometimes it could be as simple as telling someone, Oh, you, you need to eat more carrots. Right. I know it's, that's, it's, and, and, but take it with a grain of salt because, Mm. or carrots with the salt, you know, so it's like whatever, but you guys do the research. You Mm. may, you may not even like carrots. Yeah, but something in your body is craving vitamin A. Mm. So, so oh, you know, I'll, I'll even say, hey, go check with your homeopath, or go check with your. Well, you've actually said that to me, like, hey, have your iodine and your potassium checked, which I'm actually getting checked in my next blood test. Oh, wonderful! And it's so easy just to add these things onto labs if you're already getting labs done, particularly if you're someone with chronic illness and you're going to the doctor frequently enough right. and getting these tests. You know, yes, um, no harm, no foul to just add a little extra on. You know. This episode is sponsored by Ember Wave, the intelligent bracelet that helps control how you experience temperature. I'm heat sensitive because of my Hashimoto's and medications, and this device has been a lifesaver. Using patented technology, it cools or warms the temperature-sensitive skin on your wrist, creating a natural response in your body and mind that helps you thermally adjust in minutes. The Wave was selected by Time Magazine as one of 2018's best inventions. But because the technology is new, it can be pricey. So for those of you with mounting medical costs to consider, the team at Ember offer a payment plan in partnership with a firm. And because you also listen to Uninvisible, they're offering you $30 off. Go to emberlabs.com, that's E-M-B-R labs.com, enter code INVISIBLE at checkout, and experience personal thermal wellness on a whole new level with me. Now, can you give us some like examples or anecdotes? I mean, aside from what I just mentioned about <laughs> my experience, I yeah, like I potassium, but um, examples of of how you're seeing that that mind body connection being restored in your work. Yes. Um, is there anything that really stands out for you? Well, right now, mm. uh, I see most people suffering from anxiety. Yeah, and. The more I see this, it's been shown to me and told to me that it's really a desire for clarity, mm. which is third eye. So 
that means people can see it and don't know how to attain it or people see it and they're terrified of it. Sure. So, so to relax in, um, gifts being shown to us to reinforce, um, of feelings of infinite possibility, infinite resource, infinite time management mm. that it's possible. Yeah. So, um, but that the universe provides is what you're saying. Yes, but we are co-creating. Mm. We're not separate. We're not separate from the universe. Mm. So uh, Dr. Asui says that one must elevate consciousness before healing can begin. So to see really the big picture, oh, we're not doing this alone. We're not being punished. We're not um, letting anyone down. We're not, you know, those old narratives are no longer serving many, many, many people. And that is creating anxiety. And I also like to know, of course, media can be... Uh, uh, and you have a background in that too. You I came do. from, from I, TV news and broadcasting was, to... Yes, I was one of them. Me. Yeah. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> I do know because, I mean, I loved it. I, I, yeah. it was, I was um, a video editor for ABC News and NBC News for 24 years. You've really sort of lived in all in of both the worlds. worlds. Yeah. But I did join it because I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to help educate people how to be kind to one another. And news has that capability, but the minute it went um, 24 hours, there's a lot to fill. And there was, yeah. um, yes. So it's, it's a practice to be very, very centered with the chaos around. And so anyway, because I know that formula of, of fear and all that, um, I'm not saying we are swamped with it, but as energetic beings, we need a filter mm. when we are shown death and we're shown fear and it's scary. Yeah. It's scary. And it's interesting. I mean, I'll, I'll share from my own experience, um, working with you that, I mean, I have a therapist and I, I work on my anxieties with her and I, I do that yes. in that realm. But then I find that the way in which it affects my, my physical being yes. is one in which I'm able to come into a session with you and I might walk in feeling a lot of anxiety and, and particularly with regard to health, right? Because yes. especially with these invisible conditions, you go through so much where your body's in fight or flight because yes. you're trying to figure out what's going on and that yes. sends your, your, thinking patterns into fight or flight to be able to sort of center oneself, um, in, in what is, it becomes for me a very meditative practice. It is. Um, and doesn't in any way, as you say, interfere with any kind of spirituality or religion or, um, or any of the, the work I've been doing with Western and integrative health practitioners. So it's for me really enhanced, um, you know, like my experience of, of my physical body and being able to like find that compassion. Speaking of which, you actually have just written a beautiful book <laughs> all Thank about you. compassion yes. full of, um, and I'm actually using it as a meditation companion. Great. That's how I use that's it. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, it's called Compassion Speaks. Yes. Um, and that's, tell us a little bit about how that came to be. Okay. Yeah. So, because you are familiar with my sessions, mm-hmm. uh, you know that I, I do get a lot of intuitive messages. Yep. Um, so this book, Compassion Speaks, are intuitively received messages about compassion. So mm-hmm. 
I was in December of 2017 driving back from near Santa Cruz where I see clients up there and I was on the 101 heading back to Los Angeles and the fires were really raging in Ojai. So I had on very, very um, powerful prayers and chants to the Divine Mother and and asking healing to be sent to the land and to the sentient beings being affected by this fire. And, you know, it's a good four hour drive. It's, yeah. it's a long drive. And I was really in this state for a while. Uh, and then a sign off on my left said state prison. It caught my eye. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, the first message of compassion came to me and it said, send compassion to the gaps of the forgotten. Mm-hmm. And I started shaking. Yeah. Uh, it was, this was beyond me. Yeah. And these messages, uh, came through and I saved them on Siri. <laughs> as <laughs> best Siri. Good old Siri, as best as I could. And then from notes, I, it went into, um, Word and then, and then had it formatted into a little six by six book that maybe there's three or four sentences on a page. Mm. And then I continued this meditation process for about three months. Mm. And that was the intention that these function as resets to quiet our mind and create from a place of compassion. Now, my first meditation teacher was Deepak Chopra in 2007. Not too bad. Not too bad. I'm I'm really grateful because he did save my life in, in giving me that skill of meditation. And he told me, turn off the news, start telling a better story. So I... I do have boundaries. I'm not totally turned off with what's going on in this world. Oh, God, but, no. <laughs> but I'm, cho- I'm choosing to be in my heart. Yeah. I don't have the news on when I'm preparing food. I don't have it on in the car. I don't have it on um, while I'm eating. It, it It's a container. Yeah. And containers really, really help. So he was the first one who said in our class, I could compliment you. You feel good. I could insult you you feel bad, but a real Buddha feels neither. So I'm still sitting with that. Yeah. I'm going to be sitting with that one for a while. So that neutrality. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I, all I understand is Buddha was a teacher of compassion. Mm. And, and this is how I resonate with compassion. And this book is not quoting great masters there. Well, unless we consider you to be a great master. Well, well, I'm a master teacher. Yeah. But but thank you. Thank you. So it's, even um, in reformatting the book to get it on Kindle and Amazon, and I could get in a little technology bog yeah. myself, I was reading these, and I said, "Wow, I can't not. I I don't remember writing them. I yeah. I can't believe I wrote them, and they were rebalancing me as yeah. well. Especially a good one was um, compassion dispels fear. That's beautiful, and I think it's it's such an it's a it's a something that comes up." So yes. often, yes. um, in my interviews is learning self-compassion, yes. but not just compassion for the self, yes. also compassion for those around us. Yes. I, I think that those of us who, who live in this world of illness, who live yes. in, in, um, with different medical conditions that can be felt and not necessarily seen, yes. um, in particular, it's, it can be a real struggle and being yes. able to address that, um, with the heart and the mind. Um, is such an important practice. And, and that's where I found your book. I just sort of, I flip it open and do my meditation and use whichever particular passage has 
sort of caught my attention as Perfect. as a guide for that's meditation. It, that's how easy it is. It's it's really that easy to to open a page and it's idiot proof. <laughs> it's it's an easy read with profound results. Yeah, that's how I feel it. But yeah. it, but it it there's feeling to it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. Um. Now I'm wondering because we've we've mentioned meditation a couple times now as well as Reiki. Are there any other healing practices that you would recommend that patients or, or clients work with toward regularity um, in order to improve the mind-body connection? Are there other modalities that you, you subscribe to? Well, definitely meditate. I yeah. meditate every day um, now for 11 years. And to do it in a place without judgment, mm. not judging if I'm distracted or can't settle or my mind is racing, gently come back to, I do, I have a mantra. Um, some people do breath work. So I know that, like I said, Deepak was my first teacher and, and he had us as a class sign a contract, uh, that we would meditate for 30 minutes a day for 30 days to establish a practice. But he feels 30 minutes is equivalent to eight hours rest and restoration of the body. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. So, so there is a lot taking place. So, so that's good. Um, I do really feel that clean, high vibrational foods mm. are necessary. When you say high vibrational, what do you mean? I mean, uh, real food. Yeah. <laughs> not in a package. Not, not wasted, um, calories. Mm. Uh, and, and to cook with intent of receiving nutrients. And nourishment. Watch your thoughts as you're preparing food. It will be good to either have really beautiful meditative music on, or um, even by if you don't have a mantra. Uh, one uh, that I love to reset right away is I'm grateful, 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 mm-hmm. and to keep the vibration high mm-hmm. of the food um, that's going into your body. So really, take and your not time be to- mad at your mm-hmm. body, and not be mad at yourself. So just huge because so, so many of anger us, right? Is, this, we, yes. we get sick, we get a diagnosis, and the first thing is, oh God, it's the end of the world. Correct. But it's also, oh God, there's a name for this. You know? Correct. Um, so you're sort of living between these two extremes of total joy and total despair. Um, and then being able to find these paths to health, I think, um, a lot of us end up having to change our, our diet, don't we? You know, so like being able to approach it not just from the mechanics of I've got to chop these vegetables and make this stuff and I have no time, but being able to go, I'm going to make the time because it's something I need to do to nourish myself and to allow my body to heal, right? To look at it from that place of compassion. It is important to have the compassion and, Mm. and, and in what you just said and what I heard the, the greatest way instead of I'm going to make the time or I'm those present a struggle so mm, to simply true. shift i need to wow i get to so it's creating joy mm. in the moment as well i really love that there there's yeah. there's many teachers too that, that encourage joy and and gratitude and love as the impetus to um not only create the life you want but but also really being present with a whole new vibration so i've I think I've talked to you before about this, about the opposite game. Oh my gosh. Tell us about the opposite game. It's one of my favorite games to play. <laughs> right. Uh, this, this came in, in the time when I was in my last production job and 
really hated it. And really stressed. And, and really yeah. stressed. So I was walking around repeating, I'm exhausted, I'm exhausted, I'm exhausted. And what good does that do anyone, right? To sort of. Well, it can break down. Yeah. The body. It, it is taxing the immune system mm. when we're in that fight or flight mode. And I also knew a minimal of law of attraction. Oh, I'm keeping that vibration alive. And to keep that alive, I'm, I'm attracting everything that keeps it alive. Yeah. The, the, the long hours, the underpay, the underappreciated, even though all that lesson meant I needed to appreciate me. Mm. So to shift that, I came into my heart because I feel the heart chakra is where we transmute and shift energy. Mm. And so I asked, what is the opposite? So this is the opposite game. Yeah. So what is the opposite of exhaustion? And the first words you hear, for me, I heard, I'm healthy. Mm. Okay. Well, in the beginning, I did not believe I was healthy. So belief systems are a whole nother well, and, and this Layer. is where fake it till you make it can sometimes really help you, right? You know, and not even, <laughs> not even looking at it as, as faking it. Yeah. For, to be able to say to myself, I'm healthy, even yes. if all the lab work says I'm not, maybe Correct. I'll convince myself and it will help my body shift. Well, it's not even a maybe. I feel that the body expands and relaxes into that vibration mm. of health versus exhaustion. Yeah. It, it is that, that simple. Um, it, it's more than fake. I feel it. It's, it's, oh no, it's very real. real. Yeah. So, but what's interesting too is it had me look at belief systems and I've heard it say too that belief systems are BS. <laughs> and, and to really go beyond that. Yeah. And, and take back and empower ourselves in our own health journey. So even with a diagnosis, it's, it's a compass. It's a gauge and, and it's not an end all sentence. I mean, when I hear of blanket, you know, diagnosis of Epstein Barr. It's a blanket. Like, yeah, it, it, it's same as autism. Mm. It, it's, it's a category. Yes. Mm. But we, we are so unique within it. And, and to be dejected. Every, so you're saying, essentially what you're saying is everyone's experience is going to be different and unique. Correct. But blanket, I don't yeah. want people to see this as a blanket, mm. um, end all that. Health is not attainable. Yeah. I really like that because it is about shifting the way that you perceive it, isn't it? You know, yes. and going, yes. I can, I can yes. be healthy. And this compliments, I'm not saying be delusional. Mm. It, you right. know, if, if really your, your foot is broken. We're not, we're not off with the fairies here. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're still being sensible. If your foot's yes. broken, it yes. will heal. Yeah, but it, the, I think the point here is really having faith in the healing, and yes. faith in oneself, and faith in and compassion for the world around us. Now, this was another, and I really walk the walk. Mm. I I do because I see a lot of high vibrational clients as well, and and I appreciate that they can see with within me where I'm where I'm at. But but one thing I did as a practice when I had my teeth cleaned. Mm. They were, it was the deep cleaning that, you know, she, she said it was going to hurt. I'm like, give me the gas. <laughs> well, they don't do the gas, but she was doing, you know, the shots and she's like, yeah. it's going to hurt. So already there's that, that highway. Mm, the fear highway. <laughs> the fear highway. But I sat there for 45 minutes telling myself, I love, or telling my gums, telling my, my nerves, um, 
and all the sensation. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I sat there for 45 minutes repeating mm-hmm. that. And you're it, fine. <laughs> it, it really expedited my healing mm-hmm. even after the Novocaine wore off. Well, and there are it studies, aren't there, of like, I think there have been studies with plants where people have, um, and students have done this in classrooms where they've had two plants, exactly the same plant, and one plant they've said really lovely things to. I love you. You're beautiful. You look great today. And the other plant they'll say horrible things to. You're not healthy. You're short. You're not going to be good enough. And they literally, the one that they tell nice things to grows more yes. and more healthfully than the one that's told negative things. So it's amazing how those messages... Yes. Whether we're telling them to ourselves or, or others are, are saying them yes. to us can really affect our health and our growth. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, we're, we're coming to the end of this wow. wonderful interview. Thank this you. So great. But I'm really hoping that, that people listening to this interview will, will consider adding Reiki into their holistic healing, um, methodologies or, or modalities that they're using. Um, and find a, a great practitioner near them. And if you're in LA, of course, Karen <laughs> Thank is you. here. Thank um, you. But I, I like to end the episodes, as everyone probably knows at this point, with some top three lists. Okay. And um, the first one that I like to ask is, what are your top three tips for someone who suspects they might have something off, um, invisible or not? What would you recommend to someone who, who looks like they might be going into a health crisis, be it anxiety or, or, or physical or... Um, what, what do you recommend for people? Or what would you do in, in that kind of situation? Oh, my goodness. Um, I know we've talked about meditation quite a bit, and that's always on the list. Right. I mean, yes, I mean, meditation, diet, mm-hmm. and, uh, and intention. Mm-hmm. Of, um, it's so, it's so, it's not, a, again, not a blanket um, perception. Uh, but I would, number one, encourage people to be kind to themselves. Mm-hmm. And if they feel it's it's needed with medical diagnosis to do so, you know, to, to get hormonal check and, mm-hmm. and, and blood panels and, um, and uh, really to encourage them to find a meditation uh, program. There's so many, there's so many great teachers. I mean, really good teachers that offer online and they have apps Deepak. and Deepak. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, um, so to even to do six minutes a day of meditation makes a huge difference. Huge. And I mean, there's science behind this that it, it changes the way your brain is wired yes. to yes. regularly meditate. Yes. yes. Okay. So mm-hmm. that's really, that's your topic. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And, um, the other top three list is more uh, indulgent. What okay. would your top three indulgences, guilty pleasures, comfort activities be? Say that you were starting to get sick. What What are the three things that you would go to to make you feel better? <sighs> or to just give yourself a nice time? <laughs> well, my, my real indulgence, I love um, to go to the spa. Yeah. And, and do like sauna and salt bath or salt room and mm-hmm. yeah and and massage yeah so that's really good I really I also enjoy sound baths and yeah and um, I am very specific as to going to healers I 
I, I limit that because I'm very selective of who's course. in my energy. Yeah. Um, so, and I love to go to the gym and mm. work out or even just stretch. Mm. And if I'm watching television or Netflix, I can, I have my little free weights right with me and I can, I'm just gently, gently stretching my, mm. my body with little five pound weights. Yeah, but that's great. <laughs> so that's what I like to do. That's and of lovely. course, I love my doggie. I'll, I'll yeah. go for walks with her. Yep. Well, Shana, she's great. And she's someone who's been through quite a little healing journey herself. Yes. So. And she's, she's in my room with, with the sessions and she's so she sweet. offers a lot of, of healing for people. She does. Well, she's a great example of healing yeah. aside from offering her own healing. Yeah. Seeing what you. she's been through. Oh, thank you. Beautiful. Well, Karen, thank you so much. If anyone is looking for you, they can find you at, um, on Instagram, right? Right. At K Felice. K Felice. And then on KarenFelice.com. Correct. And, um, we'll post links to your book as well. So people can check out Compassion Thanks. Speaks. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. This was so lovely. You're the best, show. Lauren. Oh no, you're thank the you. best. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you. That's it folks. Thanks for listening. As always, please check us out online at uninvisiblepod.com and all over the social media world at uninvisiblepod. We love your feedback and suggestions, so please drop us a line via the website if you have questions, ideas for topics to cover in future episodes, or just want to say hello. We're all about relationships and collaboration here, so credit where credit is due. Music for this episode is by Sean Hart, who can be found at seanhart.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts.